0: Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.
1: Welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast, breaking down politics as we know it and removing all the bullshit. (laughs) Because
2: politics needed a (laughs) rebrand. Alrighty,
1: welcome back to Top Stories of the Week presented by Girl on
2: the Girl podcast. Welcome. Wow. Okay. one, that was official. Two, before we get into official top stories business, we have some other questions, some other stories to take care of. And that is, I am so curious how you and all of your friends wear pants out in the summer. Please explain this to me. I was literally wondering. I was like looking at your story this week. Guys, Maddie had like a really cute outfit for. I don't even know what you're up to. But I just see this outfit. And it was so funny because I was thinking about an outfit for this coming week for myself. And I was like every single inspo moment, whether it's you, IG, anything, anything I see is pants and like crop of whatever, which I love how it looks. But for any other sweaty bitches out there, I just want to know. Like I, I have an answer. For you. Literally, it's like how do you just sweat it's to death
1: literally never reaches like over 75 degrees in san francisco so it was a beautiful weekend i was at outside lands and usually in august though it's like the worst weather it's like foggy and 60 degrees in august in san francisco but we got blessed with a sunny weekend for outside lands music festival and the pants and a tank top were the perfect outfit for the temp. But I, if you're in New York with the mugginess, or really anywhere in, else in the country during the summer, it's just probably not, not it. I get that. I would fully have like swamp ass if I was anywhere else in the country.
2: Like literally a thousand percent. And I just envy, envy the style. Yeah. Because there, there is just no way. And then the one thing saying, I will like, also say, ranted,
1: mm. is. The baggy pants trend, which I was rocking this weekend, is great for like, compared to like. Airflow. Yeah, and compared to like some tight jeans, like that in the summertime, oh my god, I would, that would be really uncomfortable. But it's really nice to have like the baggy style, not the the airflow. And I think you might be good, potentially, with those. I don't know, Um, depending on the temp, obviously.
2: You know, this is great thinking, great wishing. Wishing on a shooting star. I literally, see here's the, thing, like I love the baggy pants vibe too, but like, and this might be a me thing, but I find them really heavy. Like I feel like I'm falling over in them. Like I, like the weight of the pants, it's like a backpack, but for your lower body. Yeah. I just. I think it's probably
1: like it depends. It's, the ones I wore yesterday were like, were like that. They were like a little bit heavier, I would say. The ones I wore on Friday were like a just kind of chill, light, light washed baggy jean. The ones yesterday were like cargo pants, like heavier. But yeah, and then especially like through the day as they kind of like stretch a little bit and like then they start falling off your body. But no, I'm really into the baggy pants
2: trend. They're so cute. So if anyone listening also has found any really cute baggy pants vibes recently, send us a link, broies. Um, I was looking for a fit. I was looking no, so for I a have moment. some
1: suggestions for that. <gasps> I have some links Are we to dark drop. Wash, wash? Should we put them in the episode description? Except for the mm-hmm. fact that it is fast fashion. AKA Fashion Nova. So if you can afford it and can access some um, that are maybe better quality, but Fashion Nova has great jeans. Honestly, they're cheap and they've been really killing it for me lately. And for you know us broke bitches out there. Sometimes fast, fast, fast fashion is, is the only way to go. And it's the way for me at the moment in my life.
2: <laughs> we, yeah, 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 that. Also, this is not an ad. just putting that in there as sure, a. Sure uh, isn't. Sure isn't.
0: <laughs> sure isn't.
2: <laughs> sure isn't. But, okay, I sure. will let you know where my outfit goes this week, the one that I have in mind. It's really taking another direction, though, which is more of a pantsless vibe, which is an oversized t-shirt, like a men's t-shirt that mm. I bought that has like a cool thingamajigger on it and then wearing really girly heels with it and then it's like a contrast vibe and then like a really sleek hair up and like not sure what to do, like maybe some cool earring, maybe, I don't know, we'll see.
1: It's Samantha's
2: birthday this weekend. It is, it is, I'm officially older than old, so.
1: Are we we saying like you're turning 25?
2: But see like, (laughs) I mean I act like I'm 25, that's for sure is big 21st it's it's crazy you got me a sash y'all no i'm kidding but okay so that's thing one but but here's like a follow-up on something we were chatting about a few episodes ago i made mention of how weird it is that people can call on hinge oh yeah and so here's the thing i still i still feel the same way i still think it's odd if i wanted to give you my number i would give you my number or if we're there great i went to my dms and said man that had called me Previously and been like with along with a message of call me back, had I had missed calls from this guy and I'm like this is what? so Wait, funny because like unmatch I I mean I'm probably going to I just didn't even bother yet kind of thing I just looked at it and I was like Ugh, I don't feel yeah. like doing this and like just I'm a little like, scared, like, it's just if I feel
1: weird vibes yeah. from a guy there there's very few guys though that I'll hop on the phone with like I'd have to maybe like text them for a while and like feel the good vibes good banter and then do like a FaceTime, you yeah. know, but totally. anyways my dating life is dry as hell so (laughs) so hopefully that that kicks up sometime here soon
2: our ad our personal ad for two very hot very tall liberal billionaires that are giving most of their money away to us who signed the giving pledge Um, kidding, we're looking kidding, for you yeah. if but.
1: anyone knows pass along their their info but yes we do have a lot of stories to go through oh, yeah a big a big 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 one in fact mm-hmm. so we we can get right on into it because we have to talk about i'm running on fumes from a long weekend at a festival but here we are nonetheless i don't even know what happened in the news i've been in another world so i'm running through these top stories with all of you <laughs> but kicking it off is the big one the Inflation Reduction Act that finally passed Sunday afternoon. So the Senate passed the 700000000000 billion-plus Inflation Reduction Act on Sunday with Vice President Kamala Harris breaking the tie. It was the 26th time Harris has done so since becoming the vice president, and that's the most in nearly 200 years. So that's kind of wild. And thanks to the unprecedented 50-50 split in the Senate – this Congress. So despite the historic divide that we've been seeing, or maybe because of it, the Senate Democrats have put together an impressive resume this summer, most especially during the last two months. So the CHIPS Plus Act, which we've talked about, the PACT Act, which is that veterans one, Sweden and Finland's accession to NATO happened last week as well. The gun control and reconciliation were all passed in this period. So a number of them with big bipartisan majorities all in this 50-50 Senate. So honestly... When you look at this from a political lens, like, this is really impressive politically. The big question that everyone's talking about is like, is this gonna help the Democrats in the midterms? And, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully people are paying attention enough to see what's happening here and like find it impressive because really how voters go is like how they're actually feeling in life. And like, some of these probably won't be felt for some time. That's how legislation works. So.
2: I think it's a two for two, you know? It's going to be one, can they market it well? Which we know is right. consistently a problem for them. Because two. so true. Right? Like and with this particular act, it is like list items for days. Like there's so many things that are happening under this title, which we'll obviously run through a few of them. But there's so many positive things, but it's hard to market that because it's pulling you in ten different directions and whatnot. So yeah. for a little bit of sympathy I'll they give just them have that, to But simplify they need to it. highlight need to they need to highlight and they need to highlight it constantly Mm -hmm. and i think to your point of legislation usually not being felt for a while i mean i think that is really true on so many levels but like the i know the inflation numbers are going to come out again on wednesday and it's like okay Mm -hmm. those numbers are going to come out but obviously this whether you know on biden's desk i mean it won't be on biden's desk until post friday but regardless of that Ah. like the impact of this will not be felt in those numbers that release on Wednesday and therefore also end up in the news and become a talking point point. and they also probably yes. won't have an impact by November and so I I think the one like, thing I, I will
1: say though that they did do a good job marketing wise is even just calling it the Inflation Reduction Act
2: yeah to be I able to that.
1: even just market that that they passed it in a time where everybody's looking at inflation is actually was a good comms move on their part which we're we're proud of them for and just Um, that kind of it's that kind of like simple straight to the point communication that's gonna be the key and hopefully they keep on that like pattern
2: agreed a and b one more compliment i can't believe i'm complimenting this person but with joe manchin is when he was back at the earlier stage of this negotiation like this phase of it he did call some of the tax increases on corporations, aka the tax, in- the corporate tax increase, he called it like shoring up loopholes in the system mm. as opposed to raising taxes. And I immediately yeah. thought that is smart. It's not that he's wrong either. He's right. But like yeah. that is a lot more palatable than saying we're raising taxes, even if it's on the people that you should be raising taxes or the companies that you should be yeah. raising taxes on that makes sense because people are constantly like why is there this hole in the system okay here we go so right. anyways long story anyways. short some compliments some feedback but we got biden on this who is just coming out of another COVID 19 quarantine this poor guy that's another
1: story like, just poor, poor joe oh, he yeah, probably like, just
2: got a fucking like
1: false neg and then po- tested positive again and he's like well great back in isolation he's like sure i'll go watch my daytime television <laughs> where an, a 79 year old should be but that's that's another whole other conversation another we story.
2: but he will sign the chips and packed bills into law at events on Tuesday a.k.a. when the day that this is released and Wednesday which is also the day that our interview episode is released hint hint nod nod the White House has announced this Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer spoke about his summer following Sunday's vote which capped off a nearly 16 hour voterama on the floor he said to do small things with 50 votes is rough to pass such a major piece of legislation with only 50 votes, an intransigent Republican minority, a caucus running from Bernie Sanders to Joe Manchin. Wow.
1: I mean, it's true. It it's is true. true.
2: its It was not easy. I, I mean,
1: it's, it is really hard to pass a big piece of legislation like this in such a tight Senate with such an intransigent Republican minority, as they say. But this legislative program has been driven in large part by Capitol Hill and actually not the White House, technically. Um, Biden and other top administration officials did play critical roles at key moments, both in public and behind the scenes, to pass this. The list includes Commerce Secretary Gina, oh God, not names. I can't do names. Gina Raimondo, Veterans Affairs Secretary Dennis McDonough thought we decided it was secretary of state Anthony Blinken NEC director Brian Deese and White House counselor Steve Ricchetti among others
0: wow I'm so proud
1: thank you that was actually like really hard I was trying to like play it cool but much of the momentum came from schumer and different groups of senators with diverse political priorities including republicans in several cases so minority leader mitch mcconnell and senator jim risch of idaho ranking republican on the senate foreign relations committee joined the panel's chair senator robert menendez pushing hard for nato vote before the august recess senator john tester and jerry moran 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 the chair the chair and ranking Republican on the Veterans Affairs Committee. We're all very vocal in supporting the PACT Act and got a big assist from Jon Stewart and veterans groups. Jon Stewart, shout out. Just a shout out. And then without Senator... John Cornyn's involvement, neither in Chips Plus nor gun control, could have passed. So they're saying Schumer deserves a lot of credit here, too. He was able to cut a deal with Manchin, which was really the big moment on reconciliation and to keep it a secret after it looked like the West Virginia Democrat had shut down all but a much narrow, narrower, narrower bill. Uh. <laughs> That's a tough one. Boy, fey. Schumer, Schumer then made another deal with Senator Kirsten Sinema who had concerns about the carried interest and accelerated depreciation provisions in the tax portion of reconciliation. So this moved the way towards final passage on Sunday after unveiling his agreement with Manchin. Schumer also was able to push through the $280 billion PACT Act, despite Republicans trying to block it for a second there. You remember last week, this was a gamble for Schumer and it paid off, so... The big question for Democrats, again, is whether this legislation will help them in November in the midterms. And so it's true that many of the priorities in the reconciliation bill have shown to be popular in the polls. Here's Schumer's take. Here's a little quote from Schumi Boy. He said, I think it's going to help us in November significantly in two ways. First, the specific things we're doing that that people care so much about. And second, hey, Democrats, even in this tough situation, polarized 50-50 can actually get big things done.
2: You know what I wonder? Not to take us back to cinema, but to take us back to cinema. So this carried sure. interest situation really impacts hedge funders and private equity people.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm just opensecrets.com. Like okay, that's fair, and I will get there. But <laughs> I am curious, like, if there's any personal dealings with that. I mean.
1: Yeah, the, I, there is. The I also one, saw an article.
2: The one moment I'm not dating someone in P that I can't ask, like, this is very annoying. Oh, like, consistently. No, yeah, I
1: saw an article where it was like, they were basically, when that cinema deal happened, they were like, and a bunch of hutch fun guys are like celebrating and yeah. n- nuxing with cinema.
2: <laughs> Just made very a little dis- specific, deal on the side. You know, like, it's yeah. do, like, right. Well, I know um, what I will be asking on my next date since I haven't typed. And consistently, they do the same thing. I'm
1: sure there'll be more finance bros in your future.
2: That's what a delight. Nonetheless, to review, to review, to recap on this, Mishigas, this bill includes a few things. And it also doesn't include a few things. But let's do, let's go with the positives first. What does this include? It allows Medicare to negotiate on prescription drugs, including a $2,000 limit on out-of-pocket costs, capping insulin at $35 per month for Medicare enrollees. Sets a corporate minimum tax rate of 15%, love that, a 1% excise tax on stock buybacks, also all of that, more than $370 billion to fight climate change, thank fucking God, and finally, while also opening millions of acres in federal property to oil and gas drilling. Interesting. (laughs) A three-year extension of Obamacare premium subsidies, Hmm. okay, all while cutting the deficit by several hundred billion. Hello. Hello, our one Republican that probably listens. Cutting the deficit. You heard that right. That's what this will do. Republicans succeeded in knocking out a $35 cap on insulin for private insurance plans. So basically, if you are not on you're not enrolled in Medicare, you have your private insurance through your workplace, you pay for it yourself, whatever, you are not subject to this cap, which means they can charge you anything. So that's ridiculous and that's fucked up. So that's republicans being petty and also playing with people's lives so that's that's what it is right there see them for what they are anyways luckily the democrats like we said were able to protect the care slash cap for medicare recipients which is a big victory now we do have some audience cues that we want to take care of well we do we do so one being the house now has to pass it for it to go into effect right this is absolutely correct basically The House comes into session on Friday, and they are going to vote on it then. So we shall see what happens, but it is expected to pass. And then after that, it will go to Joey, Joey Biden, and he will bring out his fancy old pen ski and go, whoop, 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 and that will be him signing it. That's the sound effect that happens exactly when his pen hits the paper. I can't make this stuff up. Yeah. Maddie's yep. looking at me like I have 10 heads and she's not wrong so <laughs> no I'm just
1: I keep coming in and out of like just complete brain dead to I'm back like it's just it's gonna be an interesting day for me
2: life flashing Again. before her, li- long, her eyes. long long
1: weekend <laughs> Long yeah. weekend, but yes, we also got a question about the insulin cap, which we obviously answered there. But just for a reminder, run through the bill again caps Medicare patients' cost for insulin, the expensive diabetes medication, at thirty five dollars monthly. And then Democrats again wanted to extend that thirty five dollar cap to private insurers, but um, weren't able to make it happen. Basically, so. Thank you for your audience cues. Keep submitting them for all things politics, and we are happy to answer all of them. You can email us at info at com, or you can DM us with any audience cues. So do that.
2: One quick housekeeping note if you do email them, just make the subject line audience cue. Thanks.
1: Period. Okay. Well, that was the big story. The big story everyone is excited about. And again, we will see how the Democrats really take advantage of this, and hopefully it pays off for them in November. But moving on, a little story out of Florida, because Florida prosecutor vows to fight Governor DeSantis' suspension. So a Florida prosecutor vowed Sunday to fight his suspension from Ron DeSantis. He suspended this Florida prosecutor, over his promise not to enforce the state's 15-week abortion ban and support for gender transition treatments for minors. And so Andrew Warren, a Democrat, he, again, was the one suspended last week from his twice-elected post as state attorney in Hillsborough County, which includes Tampa, and said in a Facebook video message and news release Sunday, he plans a vigorous defense by his legal team, but did not give specifics. He said, I'm not going down without a fight. I refuse to let this man trample on your freedoms to speak your mind, to make your own health care decisions, and to have your vote count. So Warren was suspended Thursday by Ron DeSantis, and he basically cited neglect of duty and other alleged violations, and the governor contended that's because Warren signed statements with dozens of other prosecutors nationwide vowing not to pursue criminal cases against people who seek or provide abortions or gender transition treatments. And so Warren contended Sunday the governor was essentially seeking to nullify the will of voters in the Tampa area who elected him in 2016 and 2020. So... He said, I was elected because of the people of this county share my vision for criminal justice, trust my judgment, have seen your success. I swore to uphold the Constitution. That's exactly what I've done. DeSantis is trying to take away my job for doing my job. So, just
2: some more Ron DeSantis tea of that him just being is really interesting. I have to say, one, because like he's got some kahunas, so good for him. And I don't, I obviously agree with him. And when I say agree with him, I mean Warren. Although, on a technicality, I don't think DeSantis is also wrong. Like, the reason this is happening, I obviously think DeSantis is in the wrong.
1: But isn't it like Attorney General, when Attorney General Nessel said, like, she doesn't prosecute, like, there's technically an abortion law in Michigan that she's not upholding because she's the one who, like, decides what to prosecute?
2: That's a good point, but I'm just thinking of, like, as a state attorney. Or state I think AG, it's
1: probably uh, the similar, like, roles, interesting. especially for elected positions, I would think. Good um, point, good point. But, hmm. yeah, it's interesting. interesting. I would like to know a little bit more of the technicalities of a state attorney versus the attorney general. But, it, again, if it's an elected position, I, I feel like it would be a similar dynamic as, like, the attorney general being able to decide you know what to go yeah. after same thing with like she you know she said that about what was the other thing it was either like prostitution or um oh adultery adultery yeah it's like also <laughs> like against the law in michigan but obviously she's not gonna like, prosecute those
2: you know yeah
1: so mm-hmm. it could be similar but
2: and nonetheless but thought, nonetheless to the next story to the next story which is the white house says it's working to push assault weapons ban in senate aka okay, the senate the white house said on saturday is having conversations about what it can do to advance a bill banning the assault style rifles that have been used in mass shootings the u.s house of representatives passed legislation banning assault style rifles that have been used in mass shootings sending it to the senate where the i would say the overall vibe is that it'll face defeat but i also think that we can call our reps and i think we need to make a lot of noise about this by a mostly parson vote of 217 to 213 in the House, Democrats won passage of the measure. Back to the calling your rep situation is this is a great time to do it, do it, do it, do it. If you have a senator that agrees and would vote for this, you should still call them. You need to thank them. You need to tell them. You need to help tally up these like votes of support from as a constituent. If you have a swing vote style rep, I'm thinking, I don't know, Murkowski, for example, or Collins, these are the type of people that sometimes hop over the line and are more notorious to do so. Give them a call, give them a ring. Absolutely. And also, even if they have come out and said, hmm, absolutely never over my dead body would I support this, absolutely call them because we saw with the other gun legislation that they took note of people calling of what their constituents wanted doesn't mean that they voted in the way that you would have hoped but there was very much some movement there so call 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 and while you're at it don't forget to add your senators congress people governor's office council person the whole litany of people their phone numbers to your contacts easy anyways we got to talk about dial. kentucky
1: yes Biden is visiting eastern Kentucky to review flood damage. So you might have seen that Kentucky has been dealing with some very serious flooding. And so Joe Biden arrived in eastern Kentucky on Monday, aka today when we're recording this, to survey damage from severe flooding that swept away houses and vehicles and has killed at least 37 people last week. So Joe Biden and Joe Biden will visit families affected by the disaster, along with Governor Andy Bashar. The White House said, before participating in a briefing on the emergency response efforts in Lost Creek, Kentucky. And so after days of torrential rain, extreme hot weather descended on the region as families struggled to recover from the flooding. And so the arduous task of cleaning up and rebuilding got underway last Wednesday as waters receded and remote areas became more accessible. Mountains of money debris upended vehicles and homes dislodged from their foundations were were common sites. So Biden approved a major disaster declaration for Kentucky last week, freeing up federal funds for emergency work. So that's said on that. I'm sure there is some donating to do if you guys want to help out those in Kentucky. Um, I just think this is also a moment to highlight climate change and the bill that was just passed to push through some some climate change relief efforts, potentially. Yeah. Shout out to the Inflation Reduction Act. So just a reminder of extreme weather and how we need to continue to press on the climate front.
2: Which I have two points. One, on that act, to give cinema some credit, she did push through funding in there for all things drought-related funding. So interesting for states like hers and some of the other frontliners like Nevada. And second... To this Kentucky situation, you know who has been notoriously quiet on this? Like, I haven't heard a peep pop through the window. Wild guesses. Yeah, Mitch McConnell. Gobble gobble gobble. Missing, missing in action. If anyone, if anyone sees him,
1: Maybe I don't. He's lost don't. From the flood.
2: Oh God, that's dark. <laughs> just kidding.
1: He's in D.C. He just voted against the Inflation Reduction Act. That's where right, he is. right, right, right
2: right right nonetheless that is that Gos, we will move on to a whole other story and that is that alex jones is facing a hefty price tag for his lies about the sandy hook elementary school massacre specifically 49.3 million dollars in damages it should be so much more than that in my opinion but hey no one asked me and counting for claiming the nation's deadliest school shooting was a hoax punishing salvo in a fledgling war on harmful misinformation but what does this week's verdict the first of three sandy hook related cases against jones to be decided being for the larger misinformation ecosystem a social media fueled world of election denial covid19 skepticism and other dubious claims oh my god dubious used to be my favorite sat word i used to go like do be doubtful see i remember it anyways moving on that infowars it's be tough. see it's, it's catchy let's go for a little quote from a first amendment professor at the ucla school of law who says i think a lot of people are thinking of this as sort of a blow against fake news and it's important to realize that libel laws deals with a very particular kind of fake news u.s courts have long held that defamatory statements which are falsehoods damaging the reputation of a person or a business aren't protected as free speech but lies in other subjects like science history or the government are. for example saying COVID 19 isn't real is not defamatory but spreading lies about a doctor treating coronavirus patients is aha distinction. So crazy it really is and i could see how it's super confusing that distinction is why jones who attacked the parents of sandy hook victims what a fucking psycho claimed the 2012 shooting was staged with actors to increase gun control is being forced to pay up while holocaust deniers flat earthers and vaccine skeptics are free to post their theories without much fear of multi-million dollar court judgment uh yeah yeah alex jones was attacking individuals said stephen d solomon a law professor and founding editor of NYU's first amendment wash and that's important a lot of disinformation does not attack individuals that is a really interesting distinction yeah yeah i wonder though like here's Um, the thing
1: though but it is interesting to the bigger conversation just because we've been dealing with disinformation in recent years and it's just interesting to look at the legal side of it and that important distinction of like it's if it's not attacking individuals or a business then you can say what you want which is interesting on so many levels some of the videos from the courtroom too of that little piece of fucking shit and just the judge literally being shutting having, him down mm. well just like the videos of the literal parents of the sandy hook victims like literally speaking to him being like why are you doing this and like he's literally just like shaking his head at them it's just so so gross he's the worst he's literally does this and says his shit for like basically clickbait for money and to choose this of all things is wild so anyways moving on the u.s best story the U.S. pledges $1 million more in rockets and other arms for Ukraine. So the Biden administration announced another $1 billion in new military aid for Ukraine on Monday, pledging, that, pledging what will be the biggest delivery yet of rockets, ammunition, and other arms straight from the Department of Defense stocks for Ukrainian forces. The U.S. pledge of a massive new shipment of arms comes as analysts warn that Russia was moving troops and equipment in the direction of the southern port cities to stave off a Ukrainian counteroffense. The aids include additional rockets, as well as thousands of artillery rounds, motor motor systems, javelins, I'm thinking full-blown track and field, (laughs) (laughs) and other ammunition and equipment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> are people using javelin? isn't that like what the javelin part of track and field comes from it's like an old like war yeah
2: like i skill think it's like, a Greek of, like throwing thing. okay hold on yeah throwing let me i just need a visual what is the
1: modern day version of a javelin
2: no we are expert stick throwers we are like so
1: like are they recruiting olympians to come throw javelins i'm just wondering what what is the modern day javelin i will show you i will show you what (laughs) this looks like in the war
2: in the it's a how do i'm just gonna show you the picture of it oh here we go let's see so for clarification for oh i see it's a man portable medium yeah. and portable oh elbow well. medium range tactical missile system that provides the u.s army and marine corps with precision direct fire effects to defeat main battle tanks and other armored vehicles as well as personnel and equipment and fortifications or an open the open oops it key. looks
1: like a smaller cannon that goes on a guy's shoulder mm-hmm. and like shoots out a massive bomb but it's like handheld technically interesting yeah Okay, learn something new every day. Really? But anyways, javelins and other ammunition and equipment are being sent. So military commanders and other U.S. officials say that these artillery systems have been crucial in Ukraine's ongoing fight to try and prevent Russia from taking more ground. And the latest announcement brings the total U.S. security assistant committed to Ukraine by the Biden administration to roughly $9 billion since Russian troops invaded in late February. So that's on that. Those are your top stories before we, we have, let you go.
2: We have some housekeeping, though.
1: Don't you leave so we, we want to tell you about something I don't know we've ever told you about <laughs> our brand ambassador <laughs> program. <laughs> we have a brand ambassador program we where do. you can connect with other Girl in the Gov listeners and audience members who want to continue the political conversation, continue to get action items and resources and political networking opportunities. It's fully voluntary and there's no requirements. So go check it out at com and sign up and come meet us. Oh, there's that
2: Come hang out second um, housekeeping yes and that is fall internships so another thing you, you might have heard us talk about this before nonetheless if you are in stu- if you are in student yep yep <laughs> if you are a student in college and you have a required internship course or credit you need to take we have an all things we say all things internship because really you do a lot of different things from research to social media to pr to marketing It really covers a whole gamut of things because welcome to startup life, you have to learn a little bit of everything. So nonetheless, the all things internship, let us know details are on the website, the careers page, which is like all the way at the bottom or www.girlandthegove.com slash careers. And I have one other thing for any of our other snack happy people, besides us go get yourself some overnight oats because mm-hmm. spoonful which is our fave okay so freaking good and they for any of like the new yorkers listening there are quite a few spots on the side that you can get them so pop into like froth new york what is that smoothie place i like serotonin smoothies i was like wait a second Anyways, they have them, and there are a few other spots, so you can always like bop in and grab them. But if you want to order them, to have them on hand, and you want to discount at checkout and shop online, you can use code Girl and Gov. Yay! Yay!
1: All of that is linked in the episode description, and we will be talking to you tomorrow with an amazing guest and a conversation that we both loved and is so fucking fun. And we're just obsessed with this guest. So do you want to tell everybody who we're speaking to tomorrow? Give Uh, a little teaser.
2: Yes. A.K.A. TikTok lovers unite because we have Ken Russell on the podcast. So y'all might be familiar with him from TikTok and Florida politics. A little combo mambo. Anyways, he was originally running for Senate, switched over to Congress. So we get into all of the tea and there is some freaking... Like hyping hot tea with what happened there and like what's going on with his campaign and then using social media and politics, all of it. And the DCCC and
1: them being lame as hell and it's just tons of tea being dished. So do not miss it. Send it to your friends.
2: One other thing is that's a great reminder to go check out our TikTok series where we revise fundraising and campaign texts including a lot from the d triple c that are falling flat so anyways have fun
1: falling real flat but yes we'll talk to you tomorrow thank you for listening and toodles
2: toodles